0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Nomics podcast. Today, I'm very excited to uh, be chatting with Paul Jarvis. Paul is a website designer, yogi, minimalist, and a touring musician. Uh, Paul and his wife live in my hometown of Victoria, British Columbia. Um, apparently, they've also got a llama named Starman who lives on a rescue sanctuary in Washington State. Uh, Paul believes veganism. Is love, and anyone who tells you otherwise can be kicked in the junk. <laughs> uh, Paul is also the author of Eat Awesome, A Regular Person's Guide to Plant-Based Whole Foods. Paul, I'd like to welcome you, and thanks so much for your time. Hey, thank you very much, Mark. Glad to be uh, glad to be on the show, and hello, everybody. Hey, um, yeah, that's great. Um, so to get the ball rolling, why don't uh, you just give us a bit more background on you, who you are, uh, where you're from, and uh, and what you do.
1: Sure. Um I grew up in Toronto, Ontario, Canada and I moved to the West Coast probably about 15, 16 years now and just been basically living the dream. I lived in Tofino with my wife for about 4 years. We were just surfed and that sort of thing and uh along the way I kind of picked up um veganism and that kind of has stuck and I really have gotten into getting to the to like the roots of making everything so the the basic ingredients using whole foods and that sort of thing so that's and living in Tisbino I don't there's not really an option for vegans to go out and eat in lots of places or to get like vegan dirty food as I like to call it (laughs) yeah and so you can't go out and find like the tofu dogs or the like tan burgers or anything you basically have to make all of your food at home from whole ingredients to to be a vegan into fino but it was good because it really got me interested in that and really kind of tweaking how i ate
0: very cool so let's go back so how long have you been a vegan and uh, what what made you um do the switch i guess
1: sure i've been I've actually had allergies with um dairy and meat my whole life, so I haven't really but i mean I still was was eating some chicken and some fish and that sort of thing and then uh, my wife introduced me to vegetarianism and kind of like on a i think it was like a new year's resolution I was just like okay i i don't think I think I can go a year without eating meat yeah and I did that, and it ended up feeling a lot better and having a lot more energy. So it kind of stuck. So I think that was probably about five or six or seven, maybe years. <laughs> it was a it was a while ago. Yeah. And it just kind of stuck. And kind of as I've been getting into Whole Foods and tweaking that sort of thing, I really find that I can positively affect the energy I have, and based on what I eat.
0: So. Um, from a health perspective, so you mentioned so your energy levels. Um, what else have you noticed that, that, that's benefited from uh, your change in diet? Sure. Um, I, have, I I don't get sick as, as often. Okay. And
1: it, it was, I was getting probably, and it, it's probably typical. Like I was getting a cold maybe three or four times a year. And I think that's fairly typical of like the Western world and people in it. And now I maybe once a year I get sick and I can really like if something and I mean I can use Tofino as an example when somebody gets sick in Tofino everybody gets sick in Tofino so (laughs) you can kind of see the life cycle of viruses like colds and flus and sometimes and this last season was a doozy and people were out sick for a month and my wife and I got sick as well but we were only sick for like a day or two basically and then we kind of felt better and I really think that has to do with like clean eating and not having things that cause inflammation. Like, we, both of us don't eat gluten either. Okay. And gluten is... It, I really noticed a huge difference when I stopped eating gluten. First of all, I didn't realize that my hands were swollen all the time until... Because I thought that that, that was just the way my hands looked. And my <laughs> you just thought you had fine. fat fingers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I just, like, my joints would ache a lot. And since I stopped eating wheat, probably three years ago and it's made such a difference in terms of inflammation and mucus production like i used to be like i'd use in the winter i'd get pretty snotty yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> it's just since since giving up wheat as well i mean wheat has nothing to do with veganism but that was a that was a huge thing for me was as soon as i cut out wheat and i let my body detox from wheat it started to be a lot better on me <laughs> so
0: so you mentioned inflammation <clears throat> um I guess, you know, a lot of people may not understand, so their understanding of inflammation is like, you know, when you sprain your ankle and your your ankle swells up. Um, what do you mean by by inflammation and, um, and, and why are you trying to minimize that effect in your body with, with your diet?
1: Sure. I mean, the, one of the things was, uh, like you said, the fat fingers. I, I didn't yep. – I had fat fingers and I didn't – and I thought that was normal. And since, like, just basically swelling – Okay. Like, in my, my body, like, like the standard gut, like, I, I have kind of a beer belly. I don't even drink. <laughs> so, like, stopping eating wheat, my my stomach flattened out, which is a, a, a good side effect, I yeah. think. But as well, like, there's also inflammation in, like, your gastrointestinal tract. And you can kind of, like, it, it gets a little personal, but you can eliminate waste a lot faster if there's less blockages. Like, people are talking about, like, a high-fiber diet. Yeah. And that's, that's a good thing. But if you eliminate things like wheat and things that cause inflammation there, it allows stuff to move quickly through it. And, I mean, there's a running joke in the vegan. Vegans always like to talk about pooping <laughs> because it's, it's a lot easier when you're vegan and if you don't eat things like wheat or dairy that really build stuff up you yeah. eliminate things quicker. And then, obviously, your body likes it when you can eliminate things quicker and you feel better because you're... You're basically becoming more efficient.
0: Yeah, your whole system is be, just being allowed to act, I guess, sort of how it's supposed to be acting. Yeah. Um, and what about your surfing? Have you noticed any uh, improvements, sort of, you know, in any athletic endeavors or, or any other sort of sports, sporting activities you do?
1: Definitely. And I mean, I, it's kind of, and it's totally unscientific, but I call it my wheat haze. When I would eat gluten, and I mean, I'm probably of some, like, intolerance to it. I'm definitely not celiac because I didn't have huge reactions or anything like that. Yeah. But I didn't realize that I, I reacted to wheat until I stopped eating it. And now it's like I have a, a piece of bread or, or a pizza that's not a gluten-free pizza. <clears throat> I really, really noticed it. And I, it, it took a detox diet of, like, basically eliminating anything that could cause a reaction in my body for about a month. And they're slowly reintroducing things and seeing how it reacts. Because your body is pretty resilient, so it builds up tolerances to things it might be intolerant of. But the, the wheat haze is basically, whenever I eat wheat, I get, it almost, it's not like drunk, but I feel like I have a screen on my brain. Yeah. So with physical activity now, I can just, like with my yoga practice, I can concentrate that much better if my diet is totally clean or if I'm surfing, I can pay attention to what the waves and the water and the other surfers are doing, or if I'm biking, I can bike for longer. Like, it's just small things like that I really like. Like, Brandon Brazier is a, a good example of someone who's kind of applied, like, scientific experiment to diet, and specifically in his case, too, plant-based diet. Yeah. So he's really He's, like, a hardcore athlete, super endurance guy, and he's played with his diet to affect his like physical results in what he does. And I really like that and it really appeals to me to be able to kind of tweak the fuel that goes into your body and see what the performance is once you do that. It's just it's really neat and interesting. I mean I'm not a scientist or a nutritionist or anything like that. It's just good fun.
0: But absolutely, I mean and, and I mean what better sort of testing ground than yourself. I mean no one knows yeah. you better than you, right? Um, yeah. and for those who don't know, Brendan Brazer is a is he an ultra um endurance yeah. athlete? And and he's on a plant based diet, or is he a vegan completely? Yeah, he, and he's mostly raw as
1: well. I would suggest um Thrive Diet. I think that's the name of his book. I'm pretty sure it's Thrive Diet. Okay. The first half of the book is talking about what he's done. To get where he's at in terms of like tweaking his diet and 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 like the sports related stuff that he does and how the energy and affects the output and then the last half of the book are just good recipes and and they're all pretty pretty simple too kind of like in in my book eat awesome they're just kind of very very easy to follow recipes so that's a that's a great that's a great book for anybody who's interested in the athletic side of tweaking your diet and getting more plant-based and eliminating things like dairy and and gluten and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I'll definitely put a link to that in the post. Um that also brings Have you read um Rich Roll's book? No, finding ultra. Anyways, he's um he's an ultra endurance athlete, uh vegan as well. Um yeah, if you haven't checked it out, I I really recommend that book. Um he uh brief right now basically he was um competitive for a, a collegiate swimmer at Stanford you know very good and then went into the corporate world became a lawyer etc um actually he was an alcoholic um, for a while and um, once he, he sort of dealt with that he was looking to make some big changes and he he did that with his diet and um, that sort of resulted in him wanting to get fitter again and then he you know competed in the uh, ultra Ironman, I believe it was the race and uh, anyways awesome. check out the book if you get a chance Cool. Um, it is called Finding Ultra. Um, and that brings uh, another book to mind. Actually, have you read Wheat Belly? No, but I've, I've seen that before, and I, I laugh at it because it's kind of like the way I talk about it as well. <laughs> I haven't read it either, but I know it's it's very very popular. Um, so I was just curious to see if you had read that yet, but. Um yeah, it sounds like some of the same sort of issues with wheat that um, that you're talking about, but um.
1: yeah, and I think a lot of people just wheat is so like not to get into like the primal diet or any of that stuff, but wheat is fairly new as uh, for humans as a species. It's so pr- it's so processed or processed. Sorry, I'm talking to another Canadian. I can say processed. <laughs> you, yeah, say <laughs> but it, it's such a processed thing that it our bodies. I don't think. Can handle it as well as they can things like fruits and vegetables that we've been eating as a species for millennia. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's interesting too. And I mean, like, I'm a big advocate of of trying and seeing, like, doing an elimination diet is a great way to see, um, kind of what your body negatively reacts to because you might not know. Like, you might not know that you have issues with wheat and gluten because your body, but your body is taxing your body because your body's working that much harder. To, to process it
0: exactly yeah um so have you had any um sort of major challenges with with being a vegan like i guess challenges that come to mind you know with regards to you mentioned sort of shopping and availability of uh, food especially in tofino for a vegan but um you know anything with regards to shopping or cravings or meal planning um, any specific challenges that come to mind yeah, I mean, there's, and there's a
1: couple points there. Uh, the, the first is that it's really easy if you just eat whole foods. It's really easy to grocery shop, and basically you stick to the, out, the outside walls, usually at yeah. the grocery store. It's really easy to eat whole foods, and I mean, a lot of what I eat is fresh produce, and then I buy a lot of my grains and my nuts and seeds in bulk, and I, I save a ton of money by doing by doing that, especially in places like this, like, the Internet's great. I order all of my nuts from a place in the interior of BC probably once every two months. And, I mean, I eat a, I eat a lot of nuts and seeds. Yeah. But I, I do bulk orders, and it costs maybe 15 bucks in shipping. And I get 60 to 70% off of what I would pay in the store for organic, raw nuts and seeds. So things like that. Like, there's ways to kind of do that. And in the summer in casino and in a lot of places... There's farmers markets, there's like food co-ops and that sort of thing. So at home, eating whole foods so easy to do. Traveling is a different matter, and eating out is a different matter. And traveling, it just requires a bit of pre-planning. And I mean, like my, my wife and I are on the road a lot, and we do a lot of road trips. Yeah. So it just requires a bit of <laughs> a bit of time in Google, looking to see what vegan restaurants and options there are where you're traveling. And a lot of the times we're surprised. Like we've been in some pretty small cities, or like bigger cities in the like American Midwest and stuff. Just places where you think like, oh man, I, there's probably nothing to eat. Like <laughs> yeah. Omaha, Omaha has such a wicked vegan community and really? a large amount of vegan places to eat. And it was just we were we ended up staying a couple more days in Omaha just because we were <laughs> surprised. <laughs> so things like that. And then at, eating at restaurants, we, we I, I don't know, maybe we've been lucky or maybe it's just it, it, it's easy to find things. Like, we've had such good luck just at, if there's nothing on the menu somewhere that we can eat being, like, vegan and gluten-free, then a lot of the times we'll just say, like, hey, this is what we can eat. Can your kitchen make? Any anything can their imagination go wild and just make us anything or combine some things on the menu from pieces and that sort of thing we've had great luck but we always end up getting a wicked a wicked meal
0: so they're they're pretty pretty accommodating usually
1: yeah i mean for the most part I and mean, you know obviously it depends on the restaurant yeah. like i don't think you could probably walk into mcdonald's and and get something like that but i mean <laughs> restaurants that That we that we eat at, and ones like if they're focused, and you can kind of tell by like looking at the menu like if they focus on sustainability or local ingredients or organic ingredients, then their kitchen's going to know how to make something for us, and it's going to be really good
0: exactly.
1: kind of thing. so there's like keywords that we can kind of look for on menus, and that kind of leads us in the right direction, even if there's zero vegan options that we can find googling, then we can always find something that way.
0: That's cool, and I'm sure um, there's probably um, apps and stuff um, that are are websites where you can go in and search your city, and it probably brings up uh, vegan restaurants or options. Yeah, Yelp, you can do it. Happy Cow is a
1: website dedicated to basically vegetarian restaurants. So it's got a list, it's got reviews. But Yelp is actually the best one because that has such a huge user base and almost every restaurant that exists in North America is in Yelp. And you can sort by vegan and vegetarian.
0: Oh, so, very cool.
1: Yeah, and you can do that on your iPhone. So basically, like, I'll be driving and my wife will be on my phone looking at restaurants like as we enter a town we've never been to. <laughs> and we usually
0: find something within a couple of minutes. So. Yeah, that's awesome. beauty The beauty of technology. Exactly. Um, so let's go back to your book. Um, what, where did the idea come from and sort of what were your thoughts when you decided to to write the the book Eat Awesome and, you know, what, you know, the content you wanted to put in there and uh, I guess the strategy, you know, uh, you know just going through and I've, I've gone through it. I haven't made any of the recipes yet, although uh, I'm keen to. and My wife is really keen to make, have me make some. Um, but just it's really simple and easy to follow. And um, for someone like me that sometimes gets intimidated by, you know, sort of fancy recipes, this sort of makes it seem really – really easy and, and the food looks fantastic from the pictures
1: good thank you and I mean that's kind of the way I approach like I'm not ai wanted to write a book for somebody like me and I'm not really good with recipes I kind of just like to wing it <laughs> so yep. a lot of the way that I wrote the book is just like you can really wing every single recipe and it's still going to taste good but where the book came from was I had written I've written I've written the book probably a couple dozen times in emails to people asking me, like, oh, I'm curious about veganism, or I just watched um, Food, Inc., or Crazy Sexy Cancer, or something like, they just had something in their lives where they're like, oh, veganism, that sounds interesting, a vegan, let that ask So, I kind of, all of the questions that I've been asked for, like, years about how to eat healthy and be vegan, because it's really easy not to be healthy and be vegan, yeah. and of what foods I like to make, and I just kept answering the same questions in emails over and over again and giving the same recipes, and I was like, hey, if I just made this a book, I could save myself a lot of time and just direct everybody that wanted that information to the book. Exactly. <laughs> the book was kind of, the book was written several times over the last couple of years, and then... All I did was work with my editor to kind of get it into book form and add a bit more information and, and a few more recipes. but all the recipes in the book are things that my wife and I make on a weekly basis. Like the, those, are the, those are like our go-to meals, when so your, your staples. Yeah, and that's kind of what I wanted to share, because I know there's a lot, of, and I wanted to keep, I kept it intentionally short, just because it's not a like if you go vegan, if you're thinking about going vegan and you get my book, it's not enough information. it's a good start. And it's kind of like a, a leaning into it, and I mean, I don't even care if you're not vegan and you want to try the recipes like it doesn't that to me is such a minor detail. like if you're eating well and your body's doing well, then that's good, and you might start thinking about some things that you maybe haven't before or start tweaking in ways like that. But I mean, the book is really just uh like these are some good these are some good samples and some good ideas for what like a healthy vegan could eat or does eat in in my case.
0: Yeah, no, I mean I love it. Well, um, oh, thank you. I just, um, and for me too, like I just like looking at a any, any book on food where it's you know simple. And oftentimes you look at cookbooks and you know you look at all the meals and you kind of think, ah, you know what, that's most of these things in here are going to take some time, a lot of planning for shopping. And it's kind of you know maybe for a a dinner where we've got guests coming over, but this yeah. is not, like like you said, these are your staples, so it's got some really cool stuff that looks you know easy to make and the um the ingredients are you know stuff that's readily available so uh, well
1: exactly and i mean i wrote the book when i was in tofino and there's one grocery store and there's a thousand people that live there so every single thing that's in the book that is our ingredients that any grocery store will carry like there's no and a lot of people think that oh vegans eat all of these like crazy synthetic foods and i mean that does happen but you don't have to like I can survive without eating soy or satan or any of these like made up stuff. Like whole food, it's really easy to grasp whole foods. I mean, I don't even really like the term vegan.
0: Yeah,
1: it's just like, and that's why like I left that off of the title. It's just like plant based whole foods, and that's it doesn't need anything more than that. And that's really what the book is about. It's just eat, eating well. It doesn't it yeah it doesn't have meat, but that's not that's not the biggest point of the book. It's just eating eating healthy foods.
0: Exactly, and for me, who's I'm not not a vegan, but um, I can look at this book, and I can really appreciate that I, I don't need to have meat in there. I mean, I look at the pictures and the ingredients, I'm like, this this looks great. So I look at it, and it's like it's not missing anything to me, and, and I'm not a vegan, so yeah. I, as I you think can say, this yeah, book is probably she, not just for vegans. No, and I mean, it, it's really
1: written for people that aren't vegan, and that's really the main the main yep. reason that I wrote the book, is for, like I was saying, with the, like, people emailing me that aren't vegan or thinking about it, or just thinking about having, like, one or two plant-based meals a week. And I mean, a lot of people do I think it was PETA, I'm not 100% sure, but somebody has, like, Meatless Monday, where you, where you eat something that isn't meat on Monday nights, and it's just, like, kind of leaning in that direction, I think, is a, is not a bad idea. And obviously, it's something just to try. I'm a big fan of experiments, especially with food. And I I don't think it's, it's a bad idea to just kind of, kind of give something like that a try.
0: Yeah, I know. That's great. Um, so I want to ask you just, a, I guess, a couple of the questions you get all the time, but it's yes, probably good sure. for people who are new to this just to hear, um, with regards to you know, eating a plant-based diet, and, and that's, you know, you hear it over and over again: is you know where do you get your protein um, uh, or calcium, and you know do you do you need to take any supplements when you're on this sort of a type of a diet? Sure, I know that's kind of a three uh, <laughs> prong question, but <laughs> <laughs> and I mean the the protein is
1: so like there, there's t-shirts that vegans have for themselves that say where do you get your protein? Yeah, it's I, yeah, it's it's kind of funny, but I mean like looking at studies, and I mean one good example if you're like super into the science and stuff is the China study and that really gets into like they studied in um, China obviously they studied certain communities that hadn't been westernized and the study was done I think in the 70s it was done quite a while ago they studied um, like communities that weren't influenced at all by western diet and then ones that had and kind of comparing and contrasting and so that's a good book for things like that but coming back to the protein thing we, like, as a society, we eat, I think it's like 30 to 50% more protein than we used to. And, like, obesity levels and heart attacks and that sort of thing are on the increase as well. And, like, I think, one, we have in our minds, like, protein is the, the magic bullet to solve everything in terms of, like, athleticism. Like, oh, I'll just eat more protein and I'm good. And yeah. I, I, I really don't think that's the case. But the other thing is eating a plant-based diet is really, really high in protein. And I get protein from things like nuts and seeds. And I'm just trying to, I am wish I had looked through my book again because I haven't looked at it for a little while. But even things like lentils and quinoa yeah. have really good amounts of protein. Lots of beans have, have good amounts of protein. I eat a ton of chickpeas just because they're one of my favorites. So that sort of thing. And, I mean, like even things like chlorella, which is like a broken-down plant is a really good source of that. And for calcium, I think that – I can't remember where I read this, and I have really bad source amnesia for things like <laughs> this. But basically, in Florida, and this was years and years ago, they were kind of – like people weren't buying oranges and orange juice, so the, the Farming Commission or whatever figured out that, okay, there's some calcium in um, and some vitamin C in oranges, so we're going to promote that as, like, the vitamin C – like, source for people. But then if you look at something like broccoli or kale, that has a gazillion times more um, vitamin C than oranges. So there's a lot of misnomers in the health or in kind of marketing for for that sort of thing. So things like broccoli and kale have good amounts of calcium and good amounts of vitamin C. And there's really ways to combine food. And, I mean, in the book I really talk about I don't really – pay attention to, like, okay, am I getting enough calcium, am I getting enough protein, am I getting enough this, am I getting enough that? I eat a varied diet, so I kind of eat lots of different vegetables every week, lots of different fruits, lots of different grain sources, lots of different nuts and seeds. So I try to make it as varied as possible, and then I don't worry about anything else. The only thing that um, some studies have shown is that B12 is hard to get in plant-based form, And, I mean, there are some things, like there's some sea vegetables that have it. And, I mean, I really love kelp noodles, so I eat a lot of those. Nutritional yeast has B12 in it as well. Yeah. But, I mean, I do take a B12 supplement sometimes. I mean, I kind of forget and I'm bad at taking that kind of thing (laughs) anyways. But, so I do take – and, I mean, if I feel like – if I'm feeling run down, I'll take some vitamin D and some vitamin C. But I really don't – I really don't think about that because my body's not – Telling me that I need to, like, I'm kind of, I don't feel run down. I don't feel tired. I don't feel weak. Eating a varied whole foods, plant based diet, so I don't really focus on that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. Have you had any, um, any sort of metrics uh, tested with regards to, like, I don't know, blood work, sort of, yeah, you know, I cholesterol have. and all that stuff before, yeah. after, during? Yep. Yeah. Uh, my
1: wife and I both do that just because we like, because obviously vegans get a lot of flack from people, so just kind of. To put to put there and it's, and it's interesting too, basically, like anytime like at dinner parties or whatever, if it kind of comes out that we're vegan that we we don't really like to preach that, but as soon as you tell somebody that isn't vegan that you're vegan, they become a nutrition expert <laughs> and it's like, it's pretty funny and I, I, it's not an insult to anybody like that, but it's it's interesting and it it makes me happy because it means that people are thinking about what they're eating, and a lot of times that's not the case. So if somebody starts to think about what they're eating because they're challenging me on something, awesome. And I'm I'm stoked for that. So but we have actually had a had blood work done to test on like vitamin and mineral levels and we're like off the charts good, both of us. And we really don't like we take, like I said, a vitamin B twelve sometimes. Yeah. Not that often. And that shows up in the test. like it shows that we're like eight or nine hundred percent over just because we probably took a supplement that day. But um Oh, yeah, cholesterol. If you don't eat, the only place that bad cholesterol is found is in meat and dairy. So if you don't eat that, your body will basically function at the level, because your body produces it or you have cholesterol in your body anyways. So if you're not eating those, you're not adding to that. So some people will have slightly higher cholesterol, even if they're vegan. They'll have cholesterol levels that are higher or lower than other vegans. And, I mean, that's just how your body works. Like my wife's cholesterol is basically perfect. Like, I think, I think they might have done this test a second time yeah. for cholesterol because they were surprised at how good the score was for, for bad cholesterol. So, and I mean, like, even in my – like, looking genetically, I'm predisposed to high cholesterol. My dad has it and he takes medication for it. My mm-hmm. cholesterol is way within – like, it's kind of at the lower range of what's acceptable. So I'm avoiding I'm avoiding that genetically. Even though I'm genetically predisposed to having higher cholesterol, I'm totally avoiding it by just eating like I eat zero things with cholesterol. So I'm kind of I'm kind of good <laughs> in that way.
0: Yeah, and and it I sounds. Had that tested. Yeah, it sounds like I mean some from some of the research I've been reading a bit too. You know, they're sort of making links uh, cholesterol with your sugar intake as well. So I'm, I mean, with your plant-based diet, you're not you're, you're sort of getting natural um, sugars, but you're not eating, you know, a ton of sugar. So I'm assuming yeah. that, that uh, link there is put to rest as well. Yeah, and I mean, I have a super sweet tooth, and, like, I don't deny it. But, I like, dates
1: are probably one of my favorite things. And, like, I'll throw a date or two in a smoothie in the morning, or if I'm making a raw vegan cheesecake, which is a recipe in the book, which is probably one of the most popular ones, you can use dates in it or or maple syrup as well. Like, I use maple syrup sometimes too, but it's, it's mostly dates, and I, I love dates. And you, it, it's really hard to overeat what your body should be intaking with sugar if you're getting that sugar from natural things, like, say, a date or a banana. Like, you eat four bananas, and that might be more than the sugar you should eat in a day, but it's kind of really hard to eat four bananas in a row. Like exactly. <laughs> so... Your, but whole foods have a way of kind of like self-metering themselves because you kind of get full first.
0: Well, yeah, exactly, because it's not like you're eating this super dense, you know, I don't know, bag of peanut M&Ms where you know, the sugar is so, so dense, but, you know, the banana, yeah, you're absolutely, you're going to get stuck. Yeah. Um, so just moving on here, um, one of the coolest things I, I liked – Uh, in your book was uh, how you make your own almond milk and uh, I'm a big fan of almond milk and I'm trying to drink more of it and slowly weaning myself off of sort of regular milk. I haven't quite gotten there, but uh, getting close. But um, anyways, I was just really surprised how simple it was. Um, uh, Yeah. So, I mean, do you, do you make your own almond milk all the time or? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's probably one of the the biggest things. And I mean, it's there's drinking almond or soy milk is definitely better than drinking um like cow milk just because of things like hormones and chemicals and the, the factory farming and all of that but i won't even get into that but it, it it's fine to buy from the store but the store-bought stuff like if you look at the ingredients like there's um i don't know how to say it cause i don't really say it out loud but the Karangian or carrageenan or something like that, C-A-R-R-A-G-E-E-N-A-N. And that's like a gelatinous extract from, like, sea vegetables and stuff. And it's been linked to some bad, um, like, gastrointestinal issues in tests. And that's in almost every soy and almond milk. There's probably worse things in dairy milk, but I don't know because I don't drink it. So I never really look anyway. Yeah. But there's just, and there's they tend to put a lot of sugar in it. And I mean as, an interesting side note is that American almond and soy has more sugar in it than in Canada. I don't know why, but there's more sugar in the American versions of um, soy and almond milk. Which interesting. is interesting. Kind of puzzling. But yeah, so making, getting back to the point, making almond milk is really easy and then you know there's only one ingredient or two ingredients, I guess, water and almonds and that's really the base. And I mean, you can add stuff to it, but the base for what I make that I put in the smoothies or in the, the sprouted granola that I make in the morning is I soak my, I like, I put almonds in a bowl and cover them with water at night and In the morning I get up, I strain and rinse them, I put them in the blender with water and I usually do... If it's about a cup of almonds and about four or five cups of water, I blend them and then I pour it through, I call it a nut sack, but it's basically (laughs) like a nut milk strainer. It's like a cheesecloth made into a bag. Okay. Basically, strain it out, pour it in a jar, and that's enough milk for a few days for me. And the the whole process maybe takes five minutes.
0: Wow. And how long does that milk last for?
1: I don't know. I drink it too quickly. Okay. (laughs) I think it it lasts probably because it doesn't have anything in it. It lasts probably about I I would say safely about four days. Past that, I don't know, but I'm usually done it in about three days. Like I know exactly how much I drink in three days, and it tastes better the fresher it is. Like if you just if you've just squeezed your nut milk, then it's like a nice fluff as well. And like if you're making a a tea or something that. Just you just want that little bit of froth. It's kind of like being at a cafe. It's just it's so psychological. Like yeah, just, yeah. Fresh almond like fresh almond milk just tastes so good. Like I don't know why. See, I guess it's just a, it's just a time thing. But buying it in the store versus making it. And sometimes like if I'm in a rush and I I don't have time and I buy it, I always kick myself for doing it because it's like. What are you doing? It's so easy to do, and it tastes so much better. And
0: and it's a lot cheaper in the long run when you're making it yourself, too, I'm assuming, if you're buying it, like you said, through that um, company. You'll have to give me the link to that in the the Okanagan there. Yeah, realrawfood.com.
1: And in the U.S., Amazon sells organic raw nuts in in bulk, like bags. Like, I buy a five-pound bag. Of, well, I buy a five-pound bag of cashews, walnuts, almonds. I buy, like, a lot of things. Yeah. But the almonds last probably a good month and a half-ish, and it's maybe, I think it's about 40 bucks. And that makes, and as well, like, the waste for, from all of those containers, like, maybe that's, I don't know, 20, 30 containers that aren't in a landfill because they don't exist because they've just poured it into a mason jar. Yeah. Sort of thing, and as well, like you said, it's so much cheaper. Like I think I figured it out, and it was maybe about a buck to get the same amount of almond milk as you would get in a container, which usually in Canada is about
0: four, five, six bucks,
1: depending on where you shop and what province you're in. Yeah, I know so, for sure
0: it's it's not uh, it's not cheap stuff. And you also know, like the
1: place that I order from, real raw food, i like. I, I, talk to them and I know exactly where they get that from. And if you're buying a carton in the store, you don't know. Like, it might say organic, but I don't, I don't know. It, it yeah. might be right. It might not be. If it doesn't say organic, who knows where it's coming from? Whereas if you're buying straight from a supplier of those things, and it tastes, they taste so good. And you'd be surprised at how good fresh nuts taste compared to, like, buying them in a store. And even the raw ones taste almost like they've been roasted because they're still so crunchy and they're just so good and they just have so much more flavor, I find, if I'm buying it straight from somewhere that might have just got the shipment from where they were harvested like a few weeks before and then I get the order a week later and it's just, it's such a smaller supply chain and it's such, it's such, it's so fresh.
0: Wow. I'll have to yeah. try that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then moving on, for with regards to cooking, like, I don't, in your book, it doesn't appear that you need uh, any sort of fancy pieces of cooking uh, equipment. So, um, is there anything that's sort of essential, uh, in your view, in your kitchen? Well, I mean, it's not essential, but it's probably my
1: favorite thing, and it's my uh, Vitamix. And it's a high-power blender, and, yeah, it costs probably twice as much as most other blenders, and I know there are other people say, like, oh, this is just as good as the Vitamix, and... That's all well and good, but the Vitamix, you can basically puree anything. Like, I can make a, a sauce for salad, like a dressing for salad using cashews, and it becomes a cream sauce, and there's no little bits of cashews in there anymore. Wow. If I'm doing the almond milk, I get much more milk, I guess, or creaminess from the milk just because it, it's a really good high-speed blender. It probably has a bigger motor in it than most lawnmowers and <laughs> the pad. But it's really good. The other thing that... But, I mean, that's not... Like, you can make... And I had people try You can make almond milk with a food processor that's way slower or with any um, with any blender. Like, it doesn't need to be that. That's just kind of like the Rolls Royce of the. Yeah, experience.
0: exactly. And then you're using it so much, it's, it's probably better in the long run. You just get one good machine, and that's going to last you for years.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, I drink a lot of smoothies, too. So, I, I like, and I don't like grit. Like, I put spinach or kale and those can be kind of gritty but if you blend them then there's like that grit is gone so wow so
0: even kale and spinach in your smoothies with the Vitamix and it's um,
1: it breaks down to like you could put it through a cheesecloth and not be left with anything like in the cloth <laughs> like, wow. it's so fine it's my favorite I use that more than like I, Well, I don't use a microwave but I use it more than my oven and then I use the other thing that I like, and I mean, I don't, there's no recipes in my book because not everybody, you can't really replicate a food dehydrator without a food dehydrator. Yeah. But I make it, yeah, so there's no recipes in Eat Often. You don't need any fancy appliances to make any of the recipes in the book. All of the raw recipes in the book, you don't need anything fancy. You just don't cook the stuff. So it's pretty straightforward. But my my dehydrator is really good for a lot of things in the summer If I'm getting stuff from a food co-op, then I'm getting, like, 30, 40 pounds of tomatoes. I can't really eat that much, but I can dehydrate them into sun-dried tomatoes. Or using flax and seeds and vegetables, I can make raw bread, which tastes awesome. Or, like, I make granola. I sprout buckwheat and quinoa and a whole bunch of other, like, flavoring things, like cinnamon and apples and dates and that, and I make my own granola. So and then I, I do that in the dehydrator. So I mean, dehydrators are really are really good. It's kind of a time commitment though because they do take sometimes a whole day to dehydrate things, and there there is prep work involved. But if you're a food nerd like me, you kind of really get into it. Yeah. Like I can make my own protein bars that I can bring on hikes or while traveling, or I can I can dehydrate whatever fruits and vegetables I want, sort of thing. But I mean, that's not that's definitely not necessary, but, but I, a,
0: a, f- a fun to have. Yeah, if if my house was on fire, I'd grab my Vitamix first. <laughs> <laughs> Good so. to know. Um, so moving on here, so do you have any um, other sort of favorite fitness or nutrition or health books, resources, websites that, uh, that you go to on a daily, weekly, or sort of regular basis?
1: Um, I like a lot of – I just – like when I'm thinking like, okay, I, I want to eat X, I just Google it, and whichever site I come to, I – I like, but there was one, um a bread recipe that I just found and that I made, it's on mynewroots.org, and it's called the life-changing, just Google the life-changing loaf of bread, and it's the first thing that comes up, but basically the bread has no flour in it, so there's nothing refined in it, it's all whole ingredients, it doesn't even have yeast, and Active commercial yeast has lots of bad things, too, that I, I won't even get into. But it's just basically nuts, seeds, and psyllium, and, like, uh, some flavoring things, a little bit of oil, a little bit of maple syrup, but it's not a sweet – it's not like a sweet bread. I put avocados on it today. But that's – it's an amazing bread, and it's 100% whole foods. And so it's not like a lot of people think, like, oh, I, I shouldn't be eating bread. It's, it's it's bad for me. It's nutritionally void, which is worse in a lot of cases. But it's just a, it's a good, like it's a hearty, thick loaf of bread, but it's really good. So mynewroots.org is definitely a good one. Okay. And I mean, I keep coming back to it, but Brandon Brazier is like the, like if I was a hardcore athlete instead of just like a recreational athlete, yeah. if I was like hardcore into it, he would be the person that I would be going to. He has at least two books, and both books I've read a few times because they're just chock full of really good information and he's really approached it like I don't really I have no science background so I haven't approached anything that I've written or that I do from a science perspective but he spent a lot of time and done a lot of research into like just the intersection of being a food nerd and being an endurance athlete it's just so like you can tell how passionate he is by reading what he's written and those are such valuable valuable resources for anybody that is interested from like hardcore athletes to just people who are interested in their health. And they're all uh, like Thrive Diet. Uh, I can't remember the other one, but Thrive Diet is the the main one.
0: And he's a good Canadian guy too, isn't he?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) So check him out. Um, So listen, I want to respect your time here, Paul. Um, Do you have any sort of last pieces of advice for people that are curious or considering a plant-based diet? Sure. I mean, the, the the biggest thing,
1: too, is to not let yourself be bound by labels and that sort of thing. Like, you don't need to be vegan to eat one plant-based meal. You don't need to beat yourself up if you think, like, okay, I want to go vegan, but then you, you eat meat or dairy or something like that. Like, it, it's a process, and it, it's really, really hard to go vegan or to make such a huge life change overnight. So it's important to treat it as an experiment and not to beat yourself up when things don't go right because it's a learning experience and it's just it's good to listen to your body like your body's a lot smarter than we think it is in the majority of cases and a lot of times it it tells you what is working and what isn't and I mean obviously talking to nutritionalists or that sort of thing are good but it's fun to just kind of play around with with what you eat and see how you feel or to cut things out like wheat or dairy or meat and see how you feel for a little bit but yeah, like I said, the biggest thing is just just give it a try. Have one plant-based meal. I'm not asking anybody to go vegan, but give it a try and see if you like it.
0: That's some great advice. Uh, Paul, thanks very much for your expertise, your time. Uh, where can we find out more about what you are up to right now and then going forward?
1: Sure. Um, well, my book is eatawesome.ca. And from there, I don't have a blog or anything like that, mostly because I just I write articles for a lot of different publications and that but if you sign up for my newsletter that's the main thing like i've developed probably 30 or 40 recipes since i released the book those are all on the mailing list and those are all actually on the mailing list archives so the best way to keep up to date with what i'm doing and the, the new fun things that are coming out of my kitchen is to get on the mailing list at eatawesome.ca
0: perfect well thanks very much paul and uh, all the best and we'll talk to you soon thanks very much and thanks for having me on the show today no problem Thank you. Thank you. Please stand by.